irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Question Reality with Priscilla Leona, right here on LA Talk Radio. I'm Priscilla Leona, producer and host of this show, and we are coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. Now, for 14 years, we have been providing our audience with entertainment industry career advice, and this show is definitely for you if you are questioning your career reality about pursuing a career in show business, or if you're already working in the entertainment industry and you just need some tips, advice, or resource information on how to elevate your career status. Now, the guests on our show have included Emmy Award winners, Grammy Award winners, Tony Award winners. We have reality TV stars and just a wide variety of working show business professionals. Uh, who work in film and television and music and radio as producers and directors. And then we have casting directors and literary agents, casting agents, PR agents. We have talent managers, screenwriters, publicists. We have actors, comedians, singers, novelists, authors, script supervisors, stunt people. Uh, The list goes on and on and on and on. So, If you missed any of our past shows, here are the three ways that you can listen to any of them. Number one, free mobile app. And of course, you get that from the App Store, the Google Play Store. Two, iHeartRadio. We're on uh, iTunes, Amazon Podcasts. Google, audible.com, stitcher.com. And last, you can listen to any of our past shows directly from the website that you're listening to us on right now, which is again, latalkradio.com. And uh, when you go there, just look for our show title, which is Question Reality, or you can look for my name, Priscilla, uh, Priscilla I don't even know my damn name today, uh, to make cocktails. At lunch. All right, Priscilla Leona under the Our Host tab. And then we finally ask you to do us a little teeny weeny, I love to say itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini favor. We ask that you kindly, if you love our show, please subscribe to our podcast via the Apple Podcast and also to give us a like and a follow on all of our social media pages. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, just every social media platform. And it's all under my name, Priscilla Leona which is always my little tip for my audience with branding. When you're starting out and with, this is for the entertainment industry as well as any business, I feel. When you're starting out and you're branding yourself, please make it consistent on all of the social media platforms so that people can find you. When people go to Google, they say, oh, I know I met this uh, met this lady and she has a show and I know her name's Priscilla Leone but I can't remember the name of her show. So they Google my name, boom, right there. Ah, Priscilla on Google, Priscilla on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. So please try to remember to brand uh, your name first. And if you do have a product, of course, the product name, keep it at one, two words, but you know, if you don't know how to do it, look it up, Google it. <laughs> okay, so finally, if you want to be booked on our show to promote and showcase your talents, current or upcoming projects or products, and also just to help listeners by providing much appreciated uh, entertainment career advice, please go. Now you have to listen. Yeah, we have five-second attention spans these days. You have to go to our official website, which is questionrealityradioshow.com. Questionrealityradioshow.com. Not the website that you're listening to us on now. 
which is obviously latalkradio.com. This is the website where we air the show. So again, please go to questionrealityradioshow.com, and that is where you can see our annual guest schedule, uh, who's coming on, what their titles are. So if you think, hmm, I might be interested in being a production assistant or script supervisor, or then you would go to the list and you'll see their title, and then you want to tune in for that show for, for the tips, advice, and resource information that I'm going to pull out of them. I'm going to suck all their knowledge right through a straw just for you. So um, you also, if you want to submit to be booked, as well, just click the contact link on the Question Reality Radio Show. Uh, it's really, really easy and short. We just need your name, email, title, and website. And there you go. That's it. That is the end of the show introduction. Now for the exciting part, which is always meeting the guests. Now, let me just tell you a little brief bio. Today's guest is Raquel W. Jones, and she is an author. She has been featured, a best-selling author, I'm going to just throw in there. Uh, she has uh, been featured on Fox, NBC, CBS. She is the author of the best-selling books entitled, ah, you're going to love these titles. Oh, my God, when I read them, I was telling Raquel earlier, when I read them, I was just laughing because they were so great and clever. And I thought, God, just based on the title, I want to read these books. Okay, the first one is Get Your Hands Off My Butt, The Hands-On Guide. You like how she did that? The Hands-On Guide. The Hands-On Guide to Avoiding the Welfare System. and Get Your Hands Out My Pocket, The Hands-On Guide to Avoiding the Child Support System. Oh, my gosh, you couldn't ask for more brilliant titles for books. Um, now, the website, I want you to go to her website and check the books out, learn more about her, and read everything on the website. It is, oh, and another one, she has come up with another brilliant uh name okay so her website is the brillionaire <gasps> oh gasp 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 i love it the brillionaire.com you know how weird i am for 14 years what have i been telling you i am really into titles i i get so excited about when i watch a television show and you know how they always have the episodic title um i just if it's brilliant and it's clever i just love it specifically if you watch uh young sheldon you will always find that they come up with the best titles just oh so i'm into that so i get excited about little things and that that title is is the brillionaire.com is uh brilliant to me uh she's also on twitter at the t-h-a brillionaire and instagram at the brillionaire so I don't know if that's a typo with T-H-A or if that's the way it's supposed to be, but on Instagram, it is T-H-E dot Brillionaire. So you might want to go there, give her a little follow and a little like. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Welcome, Raquel W. Jones. Woohoo! I'm so excited. <laughs> like, that was the introduction of all introductions. Thank you so much, Priscilla. <laughs> You got me excited about myself. <laughs> oh, God. Now, that's great. You should see. You. I ran to the phone. I'm running <laughs> to the phone like, yes. Oh, is that me? <laughs> is that me? I don't know anymore, but it sounds good. I want to listen to her. <laughs> I know. Oh, my it. God. You are. You, you Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad to, that you told me that because it makes me happy. I like to get people excited about themselves because how many times, Raquel, we just do what we do and we get to the point where we're not thinking about what we do and then we have to be reminded that we're doing a good thing, right? Right. We got to be reminded. Absolutely. I'm 
absolutely. Absolutely. It's true because we we get we become a cog in the wheel, and even though we're helping people, it we just have to be you know reminded, which I'm sure you're reminded all the time. So as I was saying early earlier, ah, you know. I was thinking about the title of your book, realized, are you ready for this, Raquel? I realized that I used to say these damn phrases on a regular basis when I was a young, hot chick. Get your hands off my butt and get your hands out my pocket. Did you know we had some bulldogs coming after me? I had a little money, you know, how to trust fund. And they were like, ooh, let me see if I can get some of that money. So all the players were coming at me, girl. So I, I love wow. those. <laughs> so I thought I love those titles. Oh, and my God, you know, doing my research on you, Raquel, you are one impressive human being. I mean, Wow, there's just so much to talk about today, but I don't think we can cover everything, but we're certainly going to try. So let's start out with, let's uh, talk about get your hands off my butt, the hands-on guide avoiding system. You said that this book is designed to reach all women exactly where they are in life and guide them to where they want to be in life personally and professionally and what i love is that it's geared towards teenagers to people who are 40 plus right and and i i think that this book is going to motivate these women to rise above their circumstances stereotypes stigmas and just what you're trying to do is lovely because you're trying to get people to invest in their number one asset mm -hmm. and I love Raquel how you said that is themselves so tell me more about what I guess what inspired you to write this book well the the inspiration behind get your hands out off my butt came after get your hands out my pocket so get your oh. hands out my pocket was actually the first book and and so you know just to be honest I wasn't inspired to write it. It just came after writing, get your hands up, um, out my pocket. And I got to the last page because I felt like I was so hard on some of the guys. And I said, don't worry, guys, I got you. If you think I was hard, I, you know, I got something for the ladies. And it just came off the page as you were, as I was writing. And once I wrote, I was like, oh my goodness, there's a second book. And wow. that's how that book was inspired okay so let's start talk, let's talk let's do one two let's start with that one get your hands out my pocket uh the hands-on guide to avoiding the child support system and it's just a, a as you stated it's a captivating book for men to help them become better fathers better partners and protect them from the pitfalls of a excuse me, brutal and merciless child support system. And I love this. You said it encourages and teaches young men how to avoid becoming fathers prematurely and prepares them to be higher income earners and providers for their family. And what I also love is that you offer ideas that will take uh, them to the next level of fatherhood, which is great. And um, you I guess you teach them while navigating their way through those challenges that come with child support. And what I love, love, love is that you came up with the idea that the proceeds go towards canceling child support debt for active fathers. So is there a backstory to what motivated you to write this book? Had you encountered a lot of, people that were having struggles with this particular topic oh no 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 this was firsthand experience um i actually you know i worked in a juvenile detention center and i was over 160 girls but 158 of them were from african-american homes 158 of them were high school dropouts 158 of them were single from single parents and none of them had relationships with their fathers and as i pursued through education, you know, they were a high school dropout committing crimes. I thought, well, this is not an accident. All the wards in the city look the same. Everything in that state looked the same. So I just started to 
try to find out what was so, you know, glorious about crime. How could all these people just be committing crime with all of these similarities and commonalities? And it was in the pursuit of trying to solve their problem that I got pregnant once um, and then twice and then three times and then four times by three different fathers. And by the time my life, by the time I looked up, I could not believe that I created the struggle that I was trying to solve. So the problem, here I am trying to solve a problem, but then I became the problem. And I really had to say, wait a minute, let's back up. How did that happen? That I didn't wake up any one of those days and say, today I want to have a baby by a Debbie dad who doesn't want to take care of his kids. It didn't happen like that. So then I had to really go through the psychology of where was I and then where were these men and how did these men end up in the child support system? Because it's not like I was just this, you know, vindictive woman who just wanted to stick it to, you know, these men, but it was just this culture. It was what was, what was happening. And it was the most perplexing thing. And it took me, you know, several years, probably almost 10 years to figure out and get to the root cause and the bottom cause of what was happening in our culture. And it was just, of course, something divinely inspired. It, it was like, you you know, write this book on how, and help other fathers, help other men avoid coming into the child support system. They were doing things that just, it's like, do you want to go to child support? Is that what you want to do? I've actually had one of my fathers tell me to take him to child support, if not two. And that part I could not understand. And I had to get into their psychology. I had to get, you know, just to what could make a person say these things. And just, you know, just living and then talking to other people, talking to other men, talking to other women, and then examining the culture. That's how that book was birthed. Hmm. And as you were digging into the psychology of the men, did you also dig in into the psychology of the women as well and say, well, you know how you were just saying that you um, you had one child and two, three, four, and that's what prompted you to say, hey, wait a minute, what's happening here? Did you ever find out what was happening with you that you were a participant a participant in this happening but you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, what was what was it so first it, it came from being in a home without a father my father was in and out he battled with drugs and not having that male role model stand and and serve as a standard and give you a roadmap and an example of what it is to be a man, what it is to be a father, what it is to be adored, appreciated, valued, you know, just another male that I respected saying, hey, I love you. You're the apple of my eye and I will protect you. The absence of that protection, the absence of that love, the absence of that adoration and overall, you know, concerned. Yeah. Left me vulnerable and 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 just you know open because you didn't have a blueprint there was no correct so you know how, how do you know what kind of man to choose or look for when you don't have a guideline so to speak or a blueprint yep, so it's like okay well let's try this one let's try this one because you're looking for you know you're looking or hoping for the perfect dad so you know that makes sense mm. what you're saying right because you, you gotta have some sort of role model in your life and if you don't have a father you know it could be um you know a pastor or a priest or whatever your religion is or it could be somebody but if you don't have anyone then you just are led astray and you know these guys to figure it out on your own yeah and you know these good looking hot guys come into our lives and they're and you 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 get if you're young you know, and you didn't have that role model father, you get led astray. I can completely understand that. So what did you do that um, to to create this book? Did you interview uh, guys who who 
were on their way to the child support system and who how did you create the book who did you interview to come up with the whole entire book so i did not interview anyone that those were real life stories so in the book there's scenarios and these scenarios are from stories from my own personal life and or someone else that i um you know, just reference, but it it really is not interviews. This is personal firsthand experience of having three different fathers from all different backgrounds and each one of them older than me. And so I couldn't even understand how a all the way grown and a half person could even be in a position. Like what was it? So it was just, you know, just self-reflection a lot of self-reflection and just under the more i understood women and the more i understood men and then raising four boys i really got to understand really how men think Mm -hmm. and it was really saying wow okay so that's how you know this is happening so i was able to just put something marvelous together and i had the book edited um by a young man who really helped me, like really put the finishing touches on it. Um, and he's referenced in the book. Oh, what's his name? Reference him here. His name is Charles Griffin. Oh, yes. yes. Charles yeah, Griffin. Thank you for editor. that. Thank you. Uh, yes, so, thank you. So, so in your, in your uh, book, how, what are some, you don't have to tell all, but just what are some of the things that you had suggested for men to become better fathers, uh, parent partners, and just uh, how, what did you say to them to help them avoid the pitfalls of the child support system? What were like some of your tips and advice? So one of, I, I know one of the tips are, you know, just showing up with your A game. And what does the A game look like? Well, if you're a garbage man, if you're um, a GED student, no GED, what does your A game look like? Um, and showing up in that authentic place, being truthful, being honest, and being able to stand in that truth, no matter if it hurts the other participant. Um, but also just helping them navigate the system. So teaching them about how you can, you know, go to school, receive certain funding, keep your welfare benefits. If you're in subsidized housing, you can keep those, you know, how to, you know, do small business, keep your rent from going up. So it just was really saying, okay, now here is your blueprint. Here is the game plan. But before then it talks about the wiring of a woman it talks about that relationship where you were in the beginning. It was cool. It was great, you know, and then it, it just kind of brings them to a finale as to here is your game plan. How Now, how did you, what did you say to uh, the men uh, on how to avoid becoming fathers prematurely? Because, you know, you know, lust is right. lust, girl. I mean, for both male and female. So, um, for their part, what did you say to teach them how to avoid becoming fathers prematurely? Because, you know, they so they want to hit it and quit it. You know, you know, that's up. Right. Right. What did so you of say? Course for the young guys, for the young guys, it's always abstinence is always the better place. But if you're not going to do abstinence, I, I know I speak very raw in the book and I let them know the pull out method does not work. I am a prime example of that. And, you know, if you're going to lay down with this woman, is she is she the person that you want to have your children? Because you never know what can happen. And so if this woman is not worthy of having your feet, your children, then you might not want to lay down with her from the beginning. So yeah. it really is teaching emotional intelligence, um, how to be, you know, women are always I hate to say it, men, but women are always four or five steps ahead in most cases. Mm-hmm. And because we, we, we multitask, we, you know, multidimensional, we can have, you know, several drawers in the, in the drawer open at the same time. And so if you, if, because men don't operate like that, what is your best approach when you're dealing with a multifaceted, very complex specimen, like a woman, what is your best approach? 
And most times, women, men get, you know, they just get hammered. They get lost because you, depending depending on a woman, this you just, you, they will run circles around you. And yeah. so, um, of course, abstinence. So, you know, because it's young teenagers, yeah, you know, it's sex and lust. But that just because it's sex and lust and everywhere, you might want to just be a little bit more selective. Right. On, who you're choosing to have mm-hmm. the children by, because it's not the children that's the problem. It's can you also res- responsibly pay for the child? So it's going into the, the, you know, the cost of what it looks like. Is this 30 seconds of absolute pleasure really worth 25 years of pain? So mm-hmm. it's, I teach them how to delay instant gratification, how to take that moment, turn that moment into five minutes, that five into 30 to an hour, to a half day, to a full day, to a week, a year. It, it It's always looking at the bigger picture. When you don't have vision, when you don't have sight in front of you, you tend to not care about what you do today. So it really is setting that path so that they can see themselves beyond themselves. Right. And and I, I think, and this is my personal opinion, Raquel, I really think, I know a lot of parents would be up in arms about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that this needs to be taught very early and in the school system, because if the parent or parents are not going to talk to their children about this at a very young age, then they're not going to know about it. And it really needs to be taught. I mean, if they're going to be letting children have uh, sex changes at 10 years old, where the parents are supportive of that, why not mm-hmm. be supportive of teaching children how to prepare themselves mm-hmm. for not becoming, uh, you know, a father or uh, uh, get into the system? It you you have to teach them if you lay down with someone, even if you use a condom. Uh, there's a 98% chance that you won't get pregnant, but there's always that 2% chance. The not only pregnancy, Raquel, but sexually transmitted diseases. People are forgetting about AIDS and gonorrhea and syphilis, and these diseases are still prevalent. The AIDS virus, the, the actual little disease that is uh i think they said not 70 i the last study i read it was like it is uh it is 72 percent smaller than the hiv the hiv virus is smaller than the sperm cell which can go through the condom there are so many people that have used condoms, never had sex Raquel without a condom, and yet they got the AIDS virus. So that's mm. also something that they need to be thinking about. Definitely. Uh, and, then, you know, getting, I hate to say this, but getting pregnant uh, is like the least of the evils that you can get when it comes to, you know, getting these sexually transmitted diseases, because in women, they can have gonorrhea and syphilis their whole life. And by the time it's discovered, it's too late. You're, you're, you're on the highway to hell, Raquel. But uh, yeah. And also what you said, teaching these men, Hey, is this person that you're laying down with, is this someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with? If not, you know, think about it because if you're already having problems and, you know, drama and you leave, then you got one person, then you go to the next one, she gets pregnant, you leave, you got another. Do you really want five women coming at your ass nonstop? you know, with drama. So when you put it to them like that, I think that that really makes sense, right? Am I right when you tell them that? No, you're right. And that's why, we're, you know, we have set sail on this, what we call the welfare tour to educate families. We want to be able to put resources in, you know, young men's hands, young ladies' hands. So if I can avoid them from having children, I can avoid them from coming into the welfare system altogether. Because if you go into the welfare system, 
nine times out of 10, you will be in the child support system. And that is the trajectory that our culture, and you know, there's a culture that surrounds, you know, these books. So if I can avoid, you know, the woman from even, you know, giving herself over right. to men right. in that way, that's how we can at least put a, a, a pause mm-hmm. in the, the medic, you know, because now you have Medicaid and food stamps and housing and childcare and WIC and TANF. You have all of these programs, you know, that, how do you say, um, engage for families. But once you get into that trap, you are trapped for sure. And you will need a deliberate plan to get out. Yes. So if yes. I can avoid you from coming in there in the first place, right? I can avoid you from entering into years of bondage unnecessarily. Right. And it's just a vicious cycle. You know, you have a kid, you got to go to work, who you, you got to pay somebody, but you don't make enough money to have to pay a babysitter. And then you got to worry about the babysitter doing something to your child. And I mean, do you want that drama in your life for 30 seconds, as you said? I mean, God, I can't even imagine uh, you know, that you would want that. I don't, I, you know, I don't have children <laughs> because I thought about that. My mother drilled that into my head. They're like, do you really want to be stuck with, you know, the responsibility of dealing with, uh, you know, a man that you may end up painting? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, no. But I think that if this is taught very early in the school system, it if they can teach, you know, young children, Raquel, uh, hey, if you feel like a, teach a boy, if you feel like a, a boy, then, you know, you're a boy or vice versa, then they can certainly start teaching Absolutely. sex education in the first grade, in the second grade. I don't care. I mean, gentle, you know, not, not harsh stuff, of course, in the first, second, third grade, but at least the introduction of some delicate matter, you know, it's, it just has to start there. Well, you got to understand also, Priscilla, that these are some of those pipelines into the poverty poverty pipelines because yeah. again once you get pregnant and you go into that pipeline you're going to be considered low income because now yeah. you know it's already one thing first of all you're young what job or do you really have if you're in right. college and you're trying to you know increase your earning potential but now that you're considered low income now you have a host of other problems like housing then you become on the then you get on the waiting list for section 8 so it's one door after the next after the next after the next and it's then it becomes your life if you're not deliberate about getting out so we're trying to say listen solving you know section 8 long waiting list bringing a whole you know solving affordable housing all of those things come down all the way down if we can at least do a pre what they call proactive approach let's just use these tools to help engage families and avoid them coming in the system. Now that they're in the system, what can we do to get them out? And that's what the welfare tour is really about. And all of the things that we've done over the years is all, it has always been about escaping the dependency on government subsidies, because once you lay yourself before that system, it really will own you for a several, several years. Yes. And that's if you're just not deliberate on getting out. Yes. And, and then the children suffer in the end because you can have a mother that's angry, you know, wrangly, angry, bitter, sad. It makes you depressed. There's so many emotions that you experience uh, being in that system. And you, t- there have been, as you well know, there have been mothers that have taken that out on the children, the innocent lives that weren't asked to be brought into the world. And they take it out on the children in whatever way that they do it but uh it's just a it's a horrible thing that you may not have experienced had you not educated yourself or been educated by people like you who were trying trying to help before stop it before so your book uh get your hands off my butt the hand <laughs> love that the hands-on guide to avoiding the welfare system i know you're integrating back and forth how is that book different than the first book 
so that book is because I, I, I gave, you know, um, young boys and men a tool of how to avoid it and get out of it if you're in it. This tool for the women was, was more so, okay, ladies, we are the receptors, meaning we are the ones who choose to carry the children. So if I could prevent, if I could fill you up with vision and purpose and all of these things that would make you not want to lay down, because technically it's the woman who enters into the welfare system. And it's that male who would enter into that um, child support system. And if not treated well, or if you don't behave, you will then get into the criminal justice system. And so, you know, so with the women, it was more, let's talk about the same experiences that I had. You know, the fact that here are, you know, who are you? What What's the vision? What's the purpose? What's the direction, the destination? How can wisdom preserve us? How can knowledge preserve us? How can these things make our steps brighter, clearer, so that we don't fumble in. So it took my own personal experience of how I got to where, even though as a smart woman, I love God, I was thought I was pursuing passion, I still ended up in these, you know, in these ditches when unbeknownst to me. It wasn't like I had a roadmap. I just fell in literally because no one was guiding me. And so with that, you said something, Priscilla, that was interesting. What we don't know is once you hit that road, now you're dealing with rejection, abandonment, stress, worry, anxiety. Now you're, you know what I'm saying? Now you just took on a whole world of other unnecessary things. And now your heart is cold and bitter and angry. That's where the angry. So one of the chapters in Get Your Hands Off My Butt is called Heartless. And it's what happens when your heart is so cold now that you don't even care anymore about what you do, that you now just live this very self-sabotaging life. Um, And so, you know, we talk about forgiveness. We talk about becoming stronger. How do you now get that empire state of mind? How do you get the mindset that can turn off distractions, the mindset that can say, that's not what we're doing right now? Just be more proactive and intentional about what you want in life. If your father wasn't there, this guy actually will help you at least create the path that you want. And if you happen to get off the path, it will help you get back on. And so we've had women from all walks of life say, while I didn't want to reach, I've had women actually hide the cover of the book. They didn't even want to be caught reading the book because they felt like the book cover was derogatory or ghetto. And here they are, these professional women going through the same exact thing. And so, you know, it it just pretty much helps us. I give them the blueprint, too. I tell them how what I did to escape the welfare system. I give that blueprint to both um, male and female. But for women, we choose to have the children. We're the ones that's going to go into these systems and we're the ones that's going to not just carry those children. We're going to carry the burdens of those children and the burdens of those fathers. All of that comes crashing down on us. And how, okay, now that you're in it, how do you get out? How do you strengthen the mindset? Strengthen that, that, um, you know, just the inward man, that inward part of you that tells yourself, this is not what I planned. And I can absolutely change that today. That's How right. do you make those steps to change that? I don't want to be a statistic. I'm not going to be a statistic. You know, I love Correct. that you're that you're striving for that. Now, you stated that as what I found interesting. One of the things you said was that the nation's largest affordable housing stock, public housing, has a. And I have heard this. I have heard this from people. A ten year waiting list of several hundred thousand people that means they're awaiting their subsidized unit so you know this is the proof that the families with within the current housing portfolio are not moving forward so you said that there are this is due to law um, five major contributors so can you please list and briefly explain what those five 
major contributors are and what you feel are steps that we can help with to build maybe a, a, a new workable program or a new system, you know, whatever your thoughts are. And you started with yes, number absolutely. one being, I think you started number one, the gross negligence. Number two, you said started with the welfare cliff. Number three, the country mm -hmm. club. Number four, federal housing. And number five, idleness and lack of productivity. Yeah. So go ahead, girl. Yeah. So, you know, just thinking, we, I love the way you actually put the books as the foundation, because if, again, we are avoiding you coming into these pitfalls but now that you're here the same now that that culture has gone just disinvested um when you see homelessness on the street you know and you see waiting lists for section 8 that are 10 years long it is a clear indicator um that families are not moving forward in in public housing it's the nation's largest affordable affordable housing stock it's really all that we have not all but it's the most that we have and when you have people waiting 10 years and the list is several, several hundred thousand waiting for 10 years plus, that's a problem. And these that's books amazing. touch that culture to the core as to why this, not just why, but it just helps people dig themselves out. But there also are those five major contributors, like we said, the gross negligence and the lack of Section 3. There are money. So there is you know, money to be made off the back of poor people. Poverty is a pimping business. And for those that are on the top, people get paid to keep people poor. And because what? poverty has always benefited America, you know, because where there's crime, where there's poverty, there is crime. That is a proven fact, period. And while it's not the case 99% of the time, it is at least 80 and that's a strong enough argument to say that crime is necessary to keep our American system moving forward because you got judges, you got police, you got jails, you got private industries, you got people who want to build private industries. Wow. It goes on and on. So when I never we thought invest, about that. I never thought about that, Raquel. That is, uh, I, I had to stop you because that is such a point that I don't think a lot of people even thought about. It is a business. I can't believe you said that. Be poverty is a business for people. I never thought and their jobs to keep the judge wants to keep a job and the police officer and the and the jail system. It's a job. Oh my God. I can't believe yeah. you said and that. And if, if if my job is to keep the poverty lines oh. open, what does that mean? That means that I have to first make sure I don't invest. You have to show you have you can't where there is investment, there's growth. Where there's disinvestment, there is decay and deterioration. And so when you look into these hoods and these ghettos and public housing, whatever you want to call them, look at the disinvestment, not in the bricks and mortars, but in the people. So when we have a law like Section 3 that says wherever HUD monies is spent, that these opportunities should be afforded to low-income people, then why aren't people being trained? Why aren't people accessing these opportunities? It's 16 million in weekly wages for low-income people. I think that's enough to cure the welfare roles. Like if we could just touch and actualize Section 3, I believe we could start to move moms and dads off the dependency of the welfare system. But guess what? The biggest problem is, while, that's why I tell you guys, do not get in this system. Because as soon as you get in this system, Uncle Sam says, hey, I'm going to pay for your rent. I'm going to give you food. I'm going to take care of your health care. I'm even going to give you a check every month. And if you want to go to school, that's fine. I'll pay for your child care. But the minute, and I mean the minute you get a job, even if it's minimum wage, Uncle Sam says, you got 10 days to report that income. And as soon as you report that income, all your benefits across the table get slashed drastically and or eliminated. Then she gets an idea that says, wait a minute. I didn't, I just wanted to work. I didn't think everything was going to get shut off. So then she says, okay, nope, I'm going to quit my job. So she quits the job. 
So when we see this narrative and believe, do not believe because you see someone not working, they don't want to work. They can't work because Uncle Sam is giving them a benefits package that they cannot find anywhere else. So why would they, why would they move? These benefit packages are $50,000 in excess every year from the health insurance alone, from the med, from the TANF, the cash, the food stamps, the housing. Who is going to beat that? Nobody. And in fact, men can't even compete with it. So it keeps the broken families broken. It keeps the, the men pitted against the women because men don't get anything. The women get everything. And so that welfare cliff, this is why we got this national problem. It's not, oh, we need to build more housing. No, we need to invest in the people, protect the people so they can grow themselves out of poverty. If she gets her job, grow herself from her benefits unilaterally, you know, across the board, maybe nothing for the first year, second year, 50%, and then maybe that third year, then they start to you know, um, execute the cuts, but you got 10 days. This is a part-time temporary job. And if you know anything about getting social service benefits, it is a pain in the neck and no one is going to go through all of that just for a measly minimum wage job. So you're going to have what you have right here, right now. Well, what is this? um, You talk about something called federal housing, uh, as we know it is it's uh, privatizing, privatizing. For a new program called rental assistant demonstration what what is that about so hud has this program that they've been demonstrating for the last 10 years and it basically privatizes public housing so what was once federal housing paid by taxpayers dollars is no longer now it's private housing whereas big corporations white collars they're coming in and they're owning this public housing. Now they're inheriting this culture, which they have no grace, no skill to manage that mindset and or that lifestyle. And so the rules become more stringent. More people become homeless. Why? Because you can't cut the mustard. Why? Because Uncle Sam is not taking care of you like he used to. Now the rules have changed. New players are now here. And with, what, $10 billion? One, you can't find any low-income people that ever got employed, trained, contracted, no one is keeping up with that data. HUD is not furnished that data when we've asked. And this is the business of poverty. Let us let the big boys come in and develop the housing and get the big development fees and the architecture and the legal fees and all of the construction fees and all of the equipment fees. Let us continue to do that in the name of helping poor people. But poor people, you don't get a dime. Oh, my God. What, and so, uh, the, so they kind of remain, the people get idle and they just experience a lack of productivity in these communities, right? And then it, it just leads to that, uh, you know, mental and physical and emotional and spiritual decay. And then they, they, they take the crack and they do the drugs and then they commit the crimes and because they just don't see a way out. Right. I mean, even when the government promises section eight vouchers to the families and you go, Oh, I'll get on section eight. You know, you get so excited. Uh, they don't, uh, the people don't possess the, the wherewithal to build their own wealth or increase their own capacity for their new communities and that promised land of section eight because that waiting is so long then they get dragged into the criminal life getting you know hooked on crack and drugs and whatever their experiences are while waiting for this 10-year period i mean am i right or is that right I mean, yeah, that, that's exactly right. You know, the Section 8 voucher, people think, oh, I just need the subsidy. I just need the help to make it, to make my housing condition, you know, less stressful. However, no one invested in you. And, and Section 8, that's, you know, the street term, but it's called housing choice neighborhood voucher because it's supposed to give you a choice to live in a community that promises opportunity into more different zip codes so where it's not 
concentrated poverty. So you get to move out the hood and into the suburbs somewhere until the suburbs say, no, 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 you're not coming over here. Because there's a whole negative connotation built around Section 8, built around the culture of public housing and subsidized housing and welfare. And so, you know, we're here to say, you know, my story fuels that, that if, if my story is the story that can help the families say, I want more, I want out, I want different, you know, then so be it. Because that, this is what creates the mental health issues. So you could be fine, but go ahead and go and check this road if you want to. The people, the amount of people that are mentally ill and poverty are far probably more than those that are not. But then again, you got to look at it. Whoever could create these loopholes and these gaps for people to fall in, you are not healthy yourself in your mental thinking. If you could go to bed and know that you have created a whole policy trap, a whole poverty pimping pipeline, you yourself are sick. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, the time has come. I know you're enjoying Raquel W. Uh, I like to call her just Raquel W, right? I like that. Raquel W. Jones. Uh, please, please go to her website and you can learn so much more. Let me give you her website information again. Uh, it's the brillionaire, B R I L L I O N A I R E dot com. Also, she, you want to go there because you want to learn more about the welfare tour, um, or it's the welfare tour dot com, which she was speaking about earlier. Go there, please, and check it out and help spread the word and help Raquel uh, and everyone, right, uh, improve their situation. Right? We all need Absolutely. our situations improved. Thank you so much, Raquel. Say goodbye to your fans. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Hope Raquel. Hope you learned something. Oh, my God. I learned a lot. By the way, I requested you as a friend on Facebook, so I hope you accept me. <laughs> because Absolutely. I want to I follow all your stuff. Please go and follow Raquel. Thank you so much, Raquel. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week on Question Reality. Bye. You're listening to Question Reality with Priscilla Leona right here on L.A. Talk Radio. 